Folks, welcome to the Contrarian Trader Podcast. This is Bob Desmond over at the Contrarian Trader, and you can catch the video replay of all of my podcasts on YouTube or as hosted on our website, thecontrariantrader.com. You can catch our live streams on video every Sunday night on Sunday Night Futures Live, then at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tuesdays through Friday, we have Swing Trading Today, and of course, our evening market wrap huddle, which is a quick recap of the day's events in the markets. So please join us and engage in conversation and enjoy the podcast. In trading today, it is the 22nd. So this is 22 days of uh, sober October. Uh, no booze. It's actually longer than that because it started uh, late in September. And no, uh, a little carbs. I shouldn't say no carbs. That's not fair. Uh, but down, uh, down about eight and a half pounds. Support. I think NUGT I is going higher. I would encourage anybody to, uh, to really spend a month or so, especially before the holidays, just to uh, detox a bit. And I'm down. I say down about eight and a half pounds. So I'm feeling good. I'm waiting for everything to propagate here across uh, social media, and then we'll jump into the news of the day which is not much it's a really slow news day uh we'll be talking about um the earnings reports that are coming out today and then we're going to talk about the pre-market activity as well as ownership of the Federal Reserve and for many people they believe that the Federal Reserve is a domestic or government-owned entity or government agency and it's, it's simply not and it was formed in 1913 on an island with all the major central bankers Jekyll Island isn't that poetic Jekyll Island and they got together uh, they came up with the plan to create a central bank, and uh, it happened. And the founding fathers always argued about whether or not we should have a uh, central bank. And I think even in the Constitution, it's somewhat prohibited. I'm not sure whether or not that's actual, and I really don't want to state that as fact. I don't, I don't want to... I'm very careful about uh, presenting information that may or may not be uh, actual, but I've heard that before, and I would really need to research that a bit further. So, it looks like we're live here. A way for people to filter in. All right, good. We're live on Twitter. I had such a problem. What I'm doing right now is I'm multi-streaming. I'm using a new software. Multi-streaming or simulcasting is when you uh, uh, not just stream to Facebook, but you stream to Facebook, uh, YouTube, which I generally uh, stream to, uh, Twitter, all at the same time. Your, your, your internet connection can't support that heavy of a feed, so you need an outside service 
to provide that service to you. And let's see whether or not I have a chat opened up here. And it's really cool in that the chat allows you to see comments from people as they filter in from different platforms. And if I could show you, I will, if it opens up. If anybody's out there, if I could ask you just to pop in a, uh, a comment on any platform. And this is a company I'm using called RealStream. That's the R. That's me. That sent out the message. And I'm seeing whether or not we get any comments coming in. And I'll put this off to my other monitor. And if you're interested, I'll be more than happy to show you... Uh, Later, hey Trent, yeah, here's, here's so here's Trent. Trent just popped on. Good morning, Trent. <laughs> you who? Cool. And you can see he's on YouTube. And if somebody from Facebook comes on, you see the icon there. It's really cool. So it's really next level stuff. I'm excited about it. I've been trying to get this set up for weeks. Uh, so, good morning, all. And RL, good morning. Also from YouTube. RL, I got your messages from last night or earlier this morning, so thanks for those. I appreciate it. I did reply back. And let's begin with uh, the headlines. Uh, negative rates have consequences we don't fully understand. Jamie Diamond. When Jamie speaks, you need to listen. And... If J.P. Morgan is concerned about negative yielding rates, that's uh, going to impact their uh, willingness to buy stocks and support this market in the future. However, they are kind of a proxy or a tool of the Federal Reserve. So uh, they'll do what they're told in terms of what the Federal Reserve dictates and Treasury. But Jamie Dimon, just a headline off of him, you really need to listen. He's one of the key players out there that needs to be heard and take it with a grain of salt but keep in mind if he's coming out vocally vocally about this uh, that's a concern now speaking about my earlier comment with regard to or the question I should say who owns the world's central banks I uh, it's they're privately owned uh, not all of them. You can see here that, by and large, these are these are a list of the main central banks around the world and the years they were established and the year that they were nationalized and made a public entity. And you can see from this list, the United States is not one of them. So where does the United States sit? Here's an overlay of ownership of uh, the central banks out there and there are only two pure privately owned central banks and that's the Italian Central Bank and the US Federal Reserve and the rest are either quasi public and government and I think 
even even myself, going back ten years ago, I always assumed that, you know, I know that they're privately owned, but certainly the uh, U.S. government has a hand in ownership, and they don't. In fact, if you take a look here, let me see if I can expand this. Okay, uh, this is their dividend policy. The owners of the Federal Reserve make a six percent yield on their investment of paid up capital. I need to look if that's uh, a special meaning. I've never heard that before. But there's a footnote here. Footnote number two. Number three. And you come down here. State ownership prohibited. So the government is prohibited, according to this footnote here, from ownership in the Federal Reserve. So who are the owners? The big bankers, the Rothschilds out of Europe. And do you actually think that they have the best interest of the uh, tax-paying citizen of the United States of America in mind? I don't think so. They have their own interest in mind and protecting that 6% yield and the power that their ownership yields. So uh, I think it's pretty interesting. I just want to clarify again, who owns the Federal Reserve? It's not the government. It's not we the people. Heck, we can't even audit the Federal Reserve. That's how much power they have. And there was something else here. I may have covered it with the ownership. Oh, yeah. So what this chart displays here are the average numbers of years between, so here, years in financial crisis. And uh, you can see that the government-owned institutions, the central banks, they have a mixed bag of um, crises. I don't know. I wish I could overlay and see which central bank uh, it's government-owned had the least amount of years in crisis, or the max amount, I'm sorry, max amount in uh, crisis. Whereas the central banks, owned, privately owned, they have less amount in financial crisis. Initially, I thought this was a year between financial crisis, but it's years in financial crises. So the government sector, that figures, right? Anything government-owned is usually messed up. So perhaps if you had to have a central bank, perhaps the government or the public way is the best way, but to have little to no real oversight of the Federal Reserve is a bit concerning, to say the least. And I think that's why uh, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, the senators, one retired, one's the son, still in office. They have been clamoring for, they're both libertarians, clamoring for an audit of the Federal Reserve for many, many years. And I think they're right. To have all this power concentrated in the Congress, I mean, in the uh, Federal Reserve, yet we have no real public oversight, that's a major concern for me. And I'm sure it is for many people out there as well. So let's move on to, again, there's not much news out there this morning. So let's talk about earnings when I close that out. Yeah, close it out. Uh, so we have not much, well, we have, do have some big companies out there, but not beta names, not real big beta names. We're looking for tomorrow to be uh, beta Wednesday. That's when the... Uh, high beta meaning beta if you're not familiar with it, high volatility names begin 
to report earnings. Not begin. They began last week with uh, Netflix, but in earnest, concentrated reporting begins tomorrow. Twitter later in the week. I believe you have Amazon, and those are the real reports that I'm going to be looking for this coming week. And you're going to have more of the Dow stocks report today. Uh, Trent, 10 years, central banks have been doing it. And at best, we've seen slow growth, and they call it high finance. More like high idiocy. Yeah, I can't argue with you. I mean, it's really self-serving. This is on YouTube, a comment from Trent on YouTube. Uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. It's, um, if you're, if you're, a retiree, you have more retirees in the workforce now from their primary careers now than ever before in history. They need to work in retirement. And you have more people that should be retired relative to history that are still working and they're taking away jobs from younger people. So what does that do? It depresses wages as well here. Uh, so if you're a retiree, even if you're not working, you know how is QE treating you? It's treating you horribly because your real rate of return is so much less than what it actually should be because the government is underreporting inflation. They are taxing you on your income. Even if it's negative yielding, you're still getting it taxed on it. So talk about getting a slap in the face. You made a real rate of return relative to inflation on your fixed income. Then you get a tax bill at the end of the year. Go figure. So how is uh, QE treating the average investor, the fixed income investor? Horribly. However, if you're a growth investor, you're doing quite well because it's been pumping up the stock market, and that's what this is all about. Ever since the the United States segued away from the uh, defined benefit pension plan and relied more on the 401k plan, uh, the the U.S. voter has used the stock market as their proxy of the health of the overall market. In the past, politicians running for office would have to use these benign reports that no average Joe working out there really understood and really cared about. What they do care about is logging on to Fidelity.com or one of these other uh, retirement companies uh, Vanguard, what have you, and looking to see how their uh, investments are doing. And that is how they generate a feel for the health of the overall economy. That's their pulse check. So now that we've gone to the 401k system, uh, you've had the Federal Reserve more focused on the health of the stock market rather than Uh, doing their job, which is acting independently, fighting inflation, job creation, or uh, maintaining a strong workforce. And I know people are out there saying they're doing their job, Bob. You have U3 unemployment rate, which is at all-time lows, bogus. You got to look at the U6 number on the BLS, Bureau of Labor and Statistics. That's the real unemployment rate. And it's double where we are right now. I digress. So, uh, NEE, we went over the stock on Sunday Night Futures Live. And for members tonight, I'm going to do a private session group. We're going to talk about how we're uh, doing this week, meaning how your stocks are performing. What do you want to talk about? I know one of the questions I had was regarding uh, 
covered calls. We've been selling covered calls these past several weeks. This week has been the same. And we're going to talk about how to open up covered calls tonight. Uh, our strategy, a little bit more of a deep dive. I've been more high level with it. But the feedback I've been getting in the forum is that we want a little bit more granular of a conversation. So members will be having a, a private group huddle tonight. So join us tonight. If you're not currently a member, sign up for the 14-day free trial offer. Click a button to cancel, and you can get out at a click of a button. So uh, NEE was a stock that we were looking at that was offered up as a stock to discuss on Sunday Night Futures Live. And I want to revisit it because they report earnings today. And so far this week, this is a weekly chart. Uh, we have broken out on the week. The week isn't over. However, as I zoom in here, you can see that we've broken out on a weekly basis. So I'm going to see how they report earnings. And we may be looking to get long of uh, Nextera. I really like this setup here. Uh, they're a bit extended on a monthly basis. However, this chart is looking fairly good. So more to come. So I'm going to go through the sequence of what we're going to do here this morning. I'm going to go over the uh, futures live now. Then I'm going to segue over and into the forum. I'm going to take a look at the requests that members have submitted for me to review. Uh, I'll take a look at those. Bitcoin was up there and a couple of other ones. That one was I was not familiar with. Oil will cover as well as natural gas. What else is out there? Uh... Gasol, which is a, consistent with UGAZ, uh, WTI, which is West Texas Intermediate Crude, EXTR, I don't know that one, SIGA, I don't know that one, but we'll take a look at it in a moment. Uh, they're reporting earnings each on 1030. Good, thanks for that information. This is from Tom. Good. Baroon, you left a comment. Okay, with regard to uh, covered calls, we'll get to that tonight on uh, our group session, so stay tuned for that, and a comment on Bitcoin. So uh, let's get to the futures, and we'll segue over to those names. Let's begin with the dollar. All right, so the dollar is catching a bid this morning. We are up and into resistance. And we are attempting a breakout here. Uh, this bar just opened up 18 minutes ago. We were stopped at that breakout point. We attempted to close above it, but failed. Uh, we're trying yet again this new four-hour bar. This bar closes at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's see what happens. I'm not really sure why the dollar is catching a bid right now. But it is. So we'll see whether or not we rally up and through it. Taking a look at gold. Gold is up this morning. We're back above 1490 the ounce. Uh, at current, we remain in a downtrend. Excuse me. We remain in a downtrend. Uh, the line in the sand that we're watching is is truly the 1500 mark you can see that we came as high 
on the 21st, as high uh, as 1498 spot, 70 ounce on gold. I'm looking at 1500 to close above that level. Until that time, I'm going to continue selling covered calls, generating premium during this sell-off. Because longer term, our strategy is to leverage uh, the gold miners as a hedge versus our uh, long position. We opened up a long position yesterday on the S&P 500. And the Aussie dollar futures, is that the question, Clouded Trader? On YouTube. If you could please confirm that, I'll, I'll certainly do that. Um, so we're using gold and the miners, silver as a hedge against our long position as we get long of the S&P 500. And at such, a, at such time, the IWM, and we're looking at a couple of other sectors as well to get long of. I went over them. You got it, Cloud Trader. Uh, I went over them last night on our strategy session on market wrap with members. So gold uh, looking good this morning, but still we remain in a downtrend. We're not ready to buy here, nor are we ready to buy more of the gold miners. We're just generating premium. We have a large enough position right now where I just want to generate premium on, by selling covered calls. Now, taking a look at the... Price of nat gas. Now, nat gas yesterday had an inside day. No new high, no new low. But the downtrend is clear and defined on a short-term basis. We did break out here out of this downtrend line. We are holding on a daily basis to higher low. And a break below this support level here, and it's pretty much all over for Nat Gas. We'll proceed lower, but at current, we're putting in a higher low. And you could trade, for the most part, UGAZ, GASL, off of the price action on the Nat Gas futures because they're fairly consistent. And here is your lower band of support on a daily basis and the upper band of resistance. I think you could buy here. Let's bring up the UGAZ. Here's your higher low. I think you could buy here, but you need to use a stop right below uh, let's call it, what was the low here? Uh, back on the 11th, the low was 12 spot one on UGAZ. So if you see an 11 handle on a closing basis on UGAZ, you need to stop out because we're probably proceeding lower. If we recapture it, so be it, you could always get back in. And you could see that we broke out here. On the 18th, we failed to hold that breakout on a daily basis. So UGAZ, um, still very volatile. I, I wouldn't buy it here. Very, very speculative. 
four-hour basis. We're rallying off the lows of yesterday, up and into resistance. I would watch it here. I would wait for a breakout at a bare minimum on a four-hour basis above this upper band of resistance, allow it to retest, and then watch it move higher or hopefully move higher for you. Um, let's take a look at the S&P futures. Now, as expected, uh, we are pulling back slightly this morning. No big deal. We are holding the 3,000 mark, and that's now psychological support. So uh, the price action on the S&P 500 is as expected. We're getting a pullback. We're a bit overbought. You can see on this four-hour chart, uh, we closed out the day yesterday overbought relative to the third standard deviation Bollinger Band. In short, you're not supposed to be there. And we're pulling back, giving back some no great shock. I think that we're, what we're going to be doing is looking for a new price point, probably at new all-time highs, to go adding to this position. And, of course, alert will be sent out to members. We have the Russell 2000, four-hour basis. We're down slightly. Now, the Russell had a very good day yesterday. But we closed off the highs of the day. So we're looking for a continuation breakout here. I have some price points, which I mentioned on Market Wrap last night, that I'm looking for before we got long of Russell, either a pullback or a breakout above resistance. So at current, we're consolidating here on the Russell. The fact that we're down to flat this morning doesn't concern me in the least. We aren't owners of it, but we're looking to become owners fairly soon. The NASDAQ 100 down slightly. We're holding the rising 20-period moving average on a four-hour basis. So a quiet morning. I mean, we're digesting gains. Uh, we were lower earlier, and we're bouncing back some. So it appears as though, absent some really negative news on the earnings front or some geopolitical news, uh, it looks as though the path of least resistance, we just turned positive on the NASDAQ, uh, it appears as though the path of least resistance remains to the upside going into the new trading day. That being said, it's still only 525 in the morning. We're going to have some uh, earnings reports coming out before the market opens. A lot could change between now and 930 Eastern Standard Time. So let's keep an eye on the futures. Let's take a look at the Aussie dollar, which was a request. All right, so let's go to a, a higher level view first to see where we've been. All right, so this tells a story here. All right, so you can note that on a weekly, this is a weekly chart. On a weekly basis, we rallied up and into, or very close to, this declining upper band of resistance on a weekly basis. Now, keep in mind that uh, the Aussie dollar is leveraged to China. It's leveraged to precious metals. And uh, precious metals are under pressure right now. It's also levered to copper. Let's take a look at copper really quick here. I wish they would organize this better on Thinkorswim. If there's one complaint about Thinkorswim, this is just a hodgepodge of selections you have here to choose from. 
And they really don't appreciate that I'm doing a live stream. And I'm wasting people's time right now. Here it is. All right, so you can see Copper Futures. Uh, great week last week and the prior week. This week, uh, we're attempting to break out, but at current, we've given up all of our gains. So copper's under pressure. Precious metal's under pressure. So what does that mean for the Aussie dollar? It means that the Aussie dollar is going to come under pressure. We are up on the week. So relative strength versus precious metals, copper, etc., cetera, uh, is pretty good. On a weekly basis, on a daily basis, you're seeing some topping action here. You saw it yesterday. We made a new daily high. We closed off the highs of the session. Very volatile day yesterday. We were down, closed up. We were higher versus the prior week, yet we gave up that the highs of the day. But we still closed up on the day today. We do have a new daily high, but we have a reversal bar. It's still early in the day. A lot can happen here. We may inch up towards this upper band of resistance. Let's see what happens when we hit it. If we see uh, suppressed price action on copper, uh, gold, silver, etc., I would expect more weakness on the Aussie dollar or flat and an inability to rally up and through the upper band of resistance here for our basis. So a lot of topping action here, meaning uh, sellers selling strength, and that's prior to us even hitting this upper band of resistance. So right now I am neutral on the Aussie dollar. It's had a heck of a run. It warrants a pullback, and the longer the, longer the consolidation, the greater validation and the probability of any rally breaking out and above this upper band of resistance. So I am neutral on the Aussie dollar at current. Uh, but when gold, silver, copper begin to catch a bid, then I'll become far more bullish on the Aussie dollar. And I hope, did I answer your question, Clouded Trader? Hopefully. Let's take a look at Bitcoin. That was one of the requests by Tom in the forum. Bitcoin, this is a four-hour chart. Let's pull back here. And here's the high-level view. Uh, we broke down below. You're welcome, Clouded Trader. Uh, yeah, I, I, if, if we break the four-hour, the, the question that, um, let's go back to the Dixie. We'll come back to the uh, to Bitcoin in a moment. I mean, the dollar, what, what the dollar is doing right now on a weekly basis it broke down last week. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see a rally up and into the 97 spot 5.8 level. Why does that price point matter? It matters because at current, that is the prior lower band of support, and it'll now act as the upper band of resistance. So many times, whether it be Forex, whether it be commodities, whether it be the price of cupcakes, you know, if price breaks long-term trend like we did on the dollar last week, then what the traders will do is they're in denial mode. They think that it's a pullback, it's a healthy pullback, and what they'll do is prior uh, periods, meaning we're on a weekly chart, on prior weekly charts, you'll see the price action get bid up and up and into resistance, and you'll see, and usually a failure to recapture, not always, but a failure to recapture the prior lower band of support because now it's going to act as resistance. 
So I'm not going to be the least bit surprised to see a continuation move higher here short term. But the probability here with all this QE that's being pumped into the markets now is that we will see weakness in the U.S. dollar. So weekly chart, we may see some strength here. To your point, if the dollar can break the four-hour trend, I should be, meaning clouded trader, should be in good shape. Four-hour chart, let's bring it up. Yeah, so you can see at current, we're trying to recapture support, now acting as resistance. If we break this lower band of support, the dollar is in a lot of trouble, especially if we begin to break uh, the lows of the 21st and especially the lows of the 18th, which was last Friday. So, yes, uh, a break of the U.S. dollar below this lower band of support will bode well for the Aussie dollar. Let's take a look at crude oil. Crude oil, while it closed down yesterday, it closed off of, it shows, should show as an update yesterday on Thinkorswim. Yep. Oh, no, it's, it's shown as a down day because we were up and we rallied off the lows of the day. Uh, we are up this morning. So uh, the price of oil did fairly well yesterday on a daily basis. We're up this morning. At current, we have a bullish reversal bar. Uh, we are challenging or set to challenge this upper band of resistance. And if we rally up and through it, that will bode well for several sectors. One, of course, the commodity oil, uh, the derivatives, uh, home heating oil, uh, gasoline. Those are inflationary, but don't pay attention to that. Federal Reserve doesn't want you to pay attention to that, okay? They back out food and energy out of their inflation numbers So because they're transitory. They're volatile. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, so, uh, yes, crude oil is looking good this morning. What else will do well? The junk bond market will do well because they finance the frackers. What else will do well? The energy sector will do well because it trades in tandem with the price of oil. So oil catching a bid this morning. Let's see if we get any follow-through on a daily basis versus uh, yesterday. Perfect timing here. I'm locking up on Thinkorswim. Bear with me here. This happens from time to time. Great. Let's go to, if I can, I can. Good. Always have a backup plan. All right, so while we're waiting for Thinkorswim to reboot, let's go over. We went over uh, Nat Gas, Oil, EXTR. Hey, Samuel, good morning. Actually, good, almost good afternoon for you over there in Italy. Did you see I went over NEE earlier? I'll, go, I'll take a look at it again. I have it up if you weren't on before. So, 11.30, all right. So, still, good morning to you. Good morning, Sam. Um, so, we have a weekly breakout on NEE. Uh, I believe they report earnings today, right, Sam? They report earnings today? Um, 
Oh, you, maybe it wasn't you that brought up NEE on Sunday Night Futures Live. It may have been somebody else that brought it up. So I may be getting a bit confused here. We had a lot of um, banter back and forth on Sunday Night Futures Live. So uh, we broke out this week on uh, NEE. They are reporting earnings, I believe, today. And the chart is looking really good. Oh, you know who it was? Germano that reported, uh, that, that asked about NEE on Sunday night. Sorry about that, Sam. Daily chart looking really good here. Here's our upper band of resistance. So if we get a, a thumbs up on the earnings front, I think that NEE is a buy here. So looking very, very good. What else do we have? Oh, you are. Okay, all right. Thanks for the confirmation on earnings. Thank you. NXTR. This is for Tom. Let's do as we typically do. Let's take off the... I like to get a feel for the chart without the trend lines first. And from a higher level view. All right, so obviously NXTD is in a downtrend. This is a penny stock. I... I you know, automatically, I'm wary of anything that's priced below $5 per share. Uh, one of the reasons is, is that you have many um, fund managers out there that by charter cannot buy stocks under the $5 per share. So just by virtue of the fact that it's below $5 per share tells me that institutional support uh, is not as available as I would like. And it's going to get played with, manipulated by uh, some of these pump and dumpers out there. At current, it's not being manipulated as I see it. You can see that we are in a tight trading range on a weekly basis. And we have a lot of overhead supply here on a weekly basis. So I couldn't buy these shares until such time as we close. And this is a big percentage uh move away is a close above resistance at 65 cents per share or until we pull back to this lower band of support at current which is like at let's call it 20 cents per share so th those are big percentage moves away from where we closed out the day yesterday which was at what was our close 49 cents per share now, before we go to the daily chart, let's point out that we do have higher lows on RSI. Let's take off the weekly trend lines overlay on a weekly chart, the monthly trend lines. And yeah, so this cleans it up a little bit here. We're in a tight trading range. And again, as I mentioned earlier, we're looking at that 60 to 65 cent per share level as the breakout point on NXTD so our support and resistance levels are clearly defined I couldn't buy these shares longer term for a swing trade maybe because you you have a fairly wide band between where that you have monthly resistance again we closed out at 49 cents per share we have resistance resistance at 60 cents on a percentage basis if you want to buy them you know not my cup of tea uh, trade between 49 and 60 cents per share okay 
Me, I'm more conservative. I'd rather wait for a pullback, open there, add more on a breakout for a longer-term trade. I really don't day trade. Uh, so uh, that would be the play here for me. Right now, we're in the middle of a trading range. I won't argue the fact that we do have a nice pullback off of the highs from back here. So we do have topping action at resistance. I'd be looking for a breakout here, retest, and then you could look to open up a long position, which would be, act as a, a short-term swing trade. I would not bet that we're going to rally and close above a monthly uh, resistance level based upon a daily chart. It just doesn't make sense to me. So it's interesting where I day trader, very, very short-term swing trader. I really don't have the appetite for a penny stock like this with such a, a small um, risk-reward entry point. I'm using the range op charts here. This is using a mixture of candlestick charting and VWAP. And I'm not seeing uh, any real reason. You can see on this candlestick here, uh, the left side of the candlestick on these uh, raindrop charts represent the AM price action. And on the right side, it represents the PM price action. And you can see that yesterday, you saw volume build into the back half of the day, which was selling. So I'm not seeing a trade here. I could get proven wrong, but uh, wouldn't be the first time, okay? So me, not my cup of tea, I would avoid uh, let's take a look at SIGA for Tom. And again, folks, members, I'm going to be in, in the forum tonight talking about what you want to go over. Not in the forum, on the uh, live stream. All right, so the raindrop charting doesn't have weekly charting yet, so we need to go to a standard candlestick, which is fine. Let's go to a weekly view. Good consolidation here. Very, very good consolidation here. And as I always like to say, the longer the consolidation, the greater the validation of any breakout. So, what I want to do, let's go back to the weekly chart for a moment. What I want to do is take the monthly trend lines off, overlay weekly. All right, so when, do you, when, when can these shares be bought? Ideally after earnings because that puts the that headline risk in the rearview mirror because I don't like to buy stocks into earnings. ETFs, I will. Individual stocks, unless they're oversold, I mean extremely oversold, I won't buy into earnings. Uh so what I'd be looking for here is a breakout above 590 the share on SIGA. That on a, on a closing basis, on a weekly basis, if we appear poised to close down below or up above the up above 590 the share on a weekly basis, SIGA is a longer term uh, trade to the upside. I think it can get long, and the it's a good risk reward here. Uh, resistance is at seven spot three two per share on SIGA with a tight stop. If we if you're buying on a breakout above this resistance at level at let's call it 597 the share, if we break down below it, you need to stop out. So you have very little risk to the downside and and a fairly good amount of reward to the upside 
for stock that's down below $10 per share on a percentage basis. So it's it looks good. We have about another minute or so before we conclude today's commentary. Let's go back and see whether or not Thinkorswim is back up. And it is. And let's wrap up with Bitcoin. If you have a symbol or two you want me to go over, I'd be more than happy to do that for you. If you watch us on Twitter, uh, you should be able to leave a comment and hopefully it filters through to uh, this chat stream that I'm looking at here as well as Facebook. And of course, YouTubers, you know that because you're pumping away here with your comments, which is great. And let's leave off with Bitcoin. If another symbol comes through, I'll go over that for you. All right, so Bitcoin, SGEN, you got it, RL. Uh, Bitcoin, let's go to a daily chart. All right, so Bitcoin is looking good here. Well, first, let's keep in mind that on a weekly basis, Bitcoin is just limping back up off of a breakdown of weekly support. I got to clean this up. And we're trying to hold this lower band of support on a weekly basis. And if it breaks, you have all sorts of trouble that's going to occur on Bitcoin. So now, you got it, Sam. R-E-T-A? Okay. Um, so a weekly chart, no new weekly high thus far. We need to hold the support level. Let's drill down daily chart. We broke out yesterday. Actually, we broke out on the 21st. Sorry about that. We gapped up higher, pulled back off the highs of the day, resulting in a red bar because we closed lower than the open. And we are now retesting and rallying off of what was resistance is now acting as support. You're seeing on a daily basis RSI rise, which is bullish. We have higher lows and we have higher highs. So uh, weekly basis, we have support below, which is known. We need to I respect that lower band of support. You need to stop out on a break below it right here at 77.43. Uh, we are breaking out on a daily basis. We are up on this session, four-hour chart. And here's where it becomes a little bit more dicey. You're seeing a little bit of selling, this four-hour bar. And again, this doesn't close until 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So plenty of time for this to rally back. Am I seeing a great risk-reward entry point here? Not really, from my perspective. Uh, too early in the day. Looks like we're about to go positive. Yep, we did. We just went positive on Bitcoin. So it's interesting. Were I long of it already going into the week? I would remain long. I wouldn't be a buyer here. Too much pressure on the dollar inverse derivatives, meaning uh, your alternatives to the U.S. dollar are not doing well because eventually it's going to be all about the uh, U.S. dollar and how weak it is. And at that point in time, you're going to be wanting to look at silver, gold, Bitcoin, etc. So... More to come here in the coming days and weeks. We'll keep an eye on Bitcoin. We've been long of it before. We bought Bitcoin for the first time with a 3,000 handle. 
and we bought over, uh, sold it over 8,000. And that was a while ago. So we opened and closed it twice. So we'll be back involved with it again. Uh, XRP, yeah, I could take a look at that. All right, so I'm going to leave it off with RGEN. We went over Bitcoin. I have the time, Cloud of Trader. If you have the time this early in the morning, Cloud of Trader, where are you, where are you uh, from? What country and state, if you're in the United States? Just curious. Always curious where people are from. Let's go over RL's request first. Our Regeneron. Why don't I know that? Maybe it's because it's too early in the morning. All right, so, oh, SGEN. Sorry about that. Thank you. No wonder why I didn't strike a bell. Whoa. Cleveland. Never been there. Been to Ohio. Never been to Cleveland. Well, welcome. Welcome, please. Uh, thanks for joining. Thank you. All right, so, uh, Seattle Genetics, nice chart. Nice chart. You can see my greed <laughs> in my eyes right now. Uh, nice pop-up higher this week. We closed out the day yesterday at 189. Is that accurate? Yep, it's accurate. A little bit of selling on the day yesterday. Off the highs. Let's pull back here to a monthly chart. Let's see where we've been. Looks like we're at all-time highs here. Wow, what a rip. Beautiful. This is a pretty chart. All right, so these are the ones that really get me excited to think about strategy. How do we enter it? How do we get uh, involved here? Um, you need, for that, you need the daily chart. All I'm doing right now with the monthly and weekly charts are validating the trend and validating that we do not have overhead supply above and that bodes really, really well for the shares because we do not have any overhead supply. We have clear blue skies. I'm sure you will like the chart. Okay. Sam with the XD. I know that's a smile, Sam. You taught me that. I, <laughs> I remember that from Sunday night. Uh, daily chart. All right, so here's the good news. You can't buy the stock. And there's the, the, the reason why it's good news is because you're going to get an opportunity to buy it at lower prices because uh, while there's no guarantee that we won't move higher this morning, this is a, this is a high beta stock, right? It's a, it's a, a genetics company. Uh, it probably trades like a biotech. So can we move higher with... Reckless abandon, no doubt about it. I'm sure that this is probably popping up on forums across the interweb, but I can't buy it. My discipline is that I can't buy it today because we are trading above, we closed out the day yesterday above the third standard deviation Bollinger Band. Now, does that mean I won't like it a couple of days from now or perhaps later in the day? Probably I will. Ideally, what happens is, is that we pull back, we fill the gap here, which opened up versus Friday's close. And I wouldn't even wait necessarily for uh, Friday's close to open up a position. If I pull back, if I see a pullback and 
a defense of the support level here at current at 91 spot to one. That makes for a good risk reward entry point. Would I look to add more on a pullback and a filling of the gap at the 88 spot five eight level on uh, these shares, SGEN? Yeah, I probably would. I would stay small because I want to keep my stop right below the support level here. But on a continuation move higher, I want to add more aggressively because the macro view, the macro trend is clearly to the upside. Even on a weekly view, we are above the upper band of resistance. Is this accurate? Let me make sure I have my, yeah, this is weekly uh, Bollinger Bands. We're up above the third standard deviation Bollinger Band. So expect a pullback here on SGEN that'll provide you opportunity to get long of the shares I think it's a beautiful chart thanks for bringing it to our attention so what I want to do here is go to the daily chart first let's see what support is here 88 so that's a filling of the gap support level let's go to the daily chart let's set an alert I want to know if it touches. I want to know after an hour if we're still there or get alerted on an hourly bar that we're holding that support level. All right, so here are, we'll keep this active for a few days. That's not right. All right I'll redo this later on. I'll reset the alert. Where I wanted to set the alert, I don't know why I set it up here. I want to set it at this lower band of support here at around $89 per share. So I'll correct that later on. I don't want to waste your time. Uh, what What's up next is RETA. Let's do what we normally do. Oof. Yeah, this is, um, is there news on RETA? And while I wait for the answer, the, um, maybe you already put it in here, RETA, Sam, that was, yeah, I'm not seeing a, a catalyst here for this move higher. Uh, Sammy, your question was VWAP, uh, yeah, volume weighted moving average, correct. By the way, does Trend Spider use some program programmable language? Uh, they have, um, I'm not a coder, pal. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what programmable language means, or is that a question of how they code uh, their, their software? I don't know, but they do, this isn't a pilot or a beta phase where they're using VWAP on raindrop charts. And what you really look for here are bars like this, okay? As I mentioned earlier on our discussion of the... Um, the raindrop charts. You're, the right side of this candlestick, it's a mixture of VWAP, volume-weighted moving average, and candlesticks. So when you see a, what I call a fat or a pregnant afternoon, because the right side of this bar represents the closing price action, which is what I look at. That's what matters most to me. So I look for a fat or pregnant afternoon on a closing basis. That leads you to conclude that you had buyers in there Bidding of the shares up higher. This is a very bullish day. What happened the following day? We got bid up higher. What happened the following day? We got bid up higher. Exact 
same candlesticks and price action here. So at current, the chart looks still good, good, but I can't buy it because it's so extended. Okay, so phase two study for one of their drugs. Okay, so that makes sense. Oh, Sam, you're a coder? Maybe you could help me fix my problems with my website. It's like an ongoing nightmare. I, 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 I don't want to share my problems online here, uh, but I'm looking to do better things with the website, which is frustrating. Um, so yesterday, we saw a bit of a pullback here on Reddit. I think that we can get a further pullback. Let's throw up some daily trend lines. Let's overlay the weeklies. Take off. Yeah, that's not helping any. I, I can't buy the shares. If we bull flag out and then we break out, uh, that might be a good risk-reward entry play. However, I think a pullback to 150, I know it seems a long way away, but it can happen. A pullback to 150 uh, is quite possible. And for an extreme pullback, uh, probably to the 135 spot 55 level, if you're going to buy it on a new daily high as a momentum trade, I would use a trailing stop loss order. I'll let the market take you out. Set your uh, loss parameters on a percentage basis and let the market take you out. Uh, can it proceed higher? I've seen crazier things happen. Sure it can. Uh, can I buy here? No, I, I can't. That time has come and gone. The time to have bought it from a risk-reward perspective was back here. As a matter of fact, let's use a weekly chart to help identify it even further. Was back here on this breakout the week before last, or last week, I should say. And that breakout was met with huge, actually two weeks ago, I'm sorry. Uh, that that uh, breakout was met with a continuation move higher. We're ripe for a pullback here. We're still on a weekly basis above the third standard deviation Bollinger Band we're going to get a pullback. I, I would strongly suggest that these shares not be purchased. Take a look at what happened uh, the last time we saw this type of price action. We pulled back. So, and back here, same deal here. Back here, same deal. So be very, very careful. The chart is great, but uh, we're due for a pullback here. I would avoid. Okay, XRP. I still have a small position in XRP. I bought it. Not much. Because I really didn't understand it that much. Bear with me for a second, because Swing uh, Trend Spider changed up their way to obtain quotes for cryptocurrencies priced in U.S. dollars, and I'm not confident in using this chart here to speak. I only want to talk about XRP versus the U.S. dollar. And Bitcoin Cash, I got to ask them what I'm missing here on XRP. The good news is that StockCharts.com now carries cryptocurrencies, but they don't carry crypto XRP. What do we got? What do we got here? Let's see if we can find this XRP Ripple. They don't have it. Ripple is doing great things. A lot of news in the market not reacting. It will catch up. Um, 
Yeah, I, I need to get educated on it. I, I, I own some. I bought it a while ago. I haven't looked at it in a while. I like the fact, the reason why I bought it, if you ask me why I bought it, is that it seemed as if it, it, it has the, uh, it's in favor with governments. It tries, tries and correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, the, they're trying to comply with governments, trying to get ahead of that curve of ultimately uh, seeing government intervention in the crypto arena. And plus, they make it easier for banks to move large sums of money like that. At current, it still takes quite a while to get uh, money rotated into one bank from another, large amounts. So let's take a look at it relative to Bitcoin. And I'll, I'll learn more about how to get this proper quote here. I'm kind of embarrassed, but this is the first time I'm being asked about it on a live session. But I'm not seeing it versus cash. They used to have Ripple versus cash, U.S. dollar. Oh, here we go. Oh, that's Bitcoin Cash. I'm not going to kill too much time here. I would rather just say, I don't know. Learn and come back to you on this. I have to say, I don't have an opinion on this versus the U.S. dollar. And that's the only way I feel comfortable with talking about Ripple. The only other way would be is relative to Bitcoin. And I'm not seeing that. Oh, here it is. Ripple versus Bitcoin. It's, it looks like it's performing better on a weekly basis versus Bitcoin. Oh, you know what we could do is bring up, boom, why didn't I think about this earlier? This is what I care about. XRP, US dollars. Wow, we really pulled back here. Um, we're hooking up higher. It looks good. I think the next buy point would be a close above spot 3-2 on XRP. We're not that far away here. So we are off the lows. We're beginning to form a the right side of a cup. And we are trending up higher, building that right side of a base. So... Uh, XRP is looking good versus the U.S. dollar. And again, that's the only way I feel comfortable with talking about XRP. It's the only one that is compliant with regulations. That's why I got attracted to it. Uh, they're, they're playing the game. And, and, and honestly, when it comes down to cryptocurrencies, I think that the big winner is going to be those that play the game with the government. You can't beat the government. All the speculation is that other... Cryptos will have to use their ledger and crypto to be compliant. Okay, I need to learn more about it. Uh, I may nibble more here as I get a feel better for the weekly charts. Let's take a look at it on a full featured chart. I don't have a subscription here. I don't know if it's going to. Yeah, we're still in a downtrend here. I wouldn't go buying XRP just yet. The downtrend is clear and defined. But once we begin to put in higher lows and higher highs, then I would entertain adding more to the position. Right now, I'm just going to hold on to it. It's you're, you're very welcome, Cloud Trader. And that is it for this morning, folks. Off to the gym. Everybody have a profitable trading day, and I will talk to you soon. If you couldn't, if you could, please hit that like button, follow button, subscribe button, leave a comment. Thank you very much. Again, everybody have a profitable trading day. Thanks for joining so early, and be well. Thank you.